Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sayin' podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> well, there, there's, this audience probably does not remember. Uh, welcome back, Connor. Yeah. Mm, I don't know what that is. See? Uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm here with my pastor, Terry you're Wagner. For, you're over two today. <laughs> yeah. Over. I'm just not doing well with the references. Hi, Allison. Hey. Uh, can I just say thank you for doing what you're doing to help us get this podcast done? We appreciate it. We really do. Oh, thanks. Thank and you, guys. Remind me to insert applause. Yes. Later. And in, some in post-production. Maybe a drum roll or something. Yes. Too kind. You're too kind. Thank you, Tyler, for being yeah, the sound technician thanks, to enter insert applause. applause. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. You are much appreciated. Yes. All right. Well, today we are talking about bullying and cyberbullying. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Yeah, forgot, I forgot. You didn't cue me. <laughs> dun dun dun. But yeah, so it should be an interesting. Well, it's going to be. Yeah, it will be interesting. Yeah. Because I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot, Allison. Oh no. But I'm not going to tell you when. No, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yay. <laughs> All right. So. Wait a minute. Was that just an example of? Bullying. bullying? I don't know. We'll see. Do you have the definition of bullying written down? I do. Okay. <laughs> you want to go ahead and read that? Well, uh, it, I will. I want to say, again, the whole theme of the podcast is to look at life issues through the lens of Scripture, just saying, and that bullying is seeking to harm, intimidate, or coerce someone who is perceived as vulnerable. And then cyberbullying is the use of electronic communication to do that to harm, intimidate, or coerce a person, typically by sending messages of an intimidating or threatening nature. So bullying, cyberbullying, is just the uh, attempt at trying to harm, intimidate, or coerce someone uh, that is typically uh, perceived as vulnerable. Mm. So there you go. Okay. I so, was ready. I, I wrote yeah, that down. Yeah, I know. You always write the definition well, down. That's why I ask. That's, that's, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are talking about bullying and cyberbullying. So my first question is, uh, why do you think, if you do think, uh, that bullying has gotten worse over the years? Wow. You uh, See, this is where I was going to flip the script. But then you said, <laughs> if you do if think. You do think. Ooh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Let me ask you, do you think it's worse, and and why do you think it's worse? Mm, I think that the Internet has brought a whole new ballgame to the, you know, bullying scene, I guess. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And maybe it hasn't gotten worse. It's just gotten more highlighted or publicized and stuff uh, to a wider audience. But I don't yeah, – I, I, I would say, yeah. I, I, I think – I agree with you. I think it just information is so much more accessible now. I mean, I remember uh, I took a class with Chad Pennington. <laughs> now, Tyler will remember Chad Pennington. Allison, 0 for 3? 0 for 3? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Chad Pennington was the football quarterback okay, for Marshall University. Okay, I thought University. he was a football yes. player. He, the and name sounded familiar. He got he got injured. This Now, I graduated in 2003. I didn't start college until I was 36 years old, but... Um, he got injured during practice, and before he could even call his parents to tell them what happened, they heard about it 
on social media. So I do think that, you know, the information is, is just so much more readily available. But I think there's a couple other uh, potential uh, reasons why it seems to be more intense now. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that I think it is mm-hmm. worse. I, I think bullying was around when I was in high school in the 70s and in elementary school in the 60s. Um, I think it's changed. I think it's evolved, and, and we can talk about that. But I think one of the reasons is because more information. I think the second reason that I, I was thinking about was that bullies from the 80s and 90s have grown up and have mm-hmm. children. Yeah, and they're raising bullies. And I think they're, ra- yeah, yeah. I think, you know, hurt people hurt people. Right. I think bully people bully raise people. bullies, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, and then they don't see it as wrong because they don't want to see themselves as wrong, mm-hmm. right? But I also think there's another little element in here that's probably going to cause us a little uh, pushback. And that is, I, I think that we are seeing more and more uh, generations of people feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, probably a, a hard word for some people to hear, but I, I think that you know, uh, people who feel entitled uh, that would either one, uh, say that you are a vulnerable person, therefore I'm entitled to bully you, you know, that, or number two, that, you know, you have something that I wished I had that I don't have. And so since I can't have it, I will, I'm going to bully you over it. You know, you go back all the way back and Hey, you know, give me your lunch money, right? I'm entitled to your lunch money. Give me your lunch money. And if you don't, I'm, I'm going to, pop you in the nose, I'm going to, or, or today I'm going to make you look bad on, on your Facebook page yeah. or I guess, well, we don't do Facebook anymore. Do we? It's, <laughs> it's all the other things that are out there. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think information is more readily available. Bullies are raising bullies. Some people feel entitled. And then the last thing I would say, if it has gotten worse, I, I think in some instances it's because people in authority whether that's parents and or teachers and or administration in the schools um, are are letting it happen. I I think there are schools, and I've talked to some people in the education system, where there's zero tolerance, zero tolerance. If, if If a bullying incident comes to the office, that person is dealt with, and they're dealt with harshly. But then there's other school systems that don't deal with it as harshly. Now, again, I'm, I'm just kind of going off of what I've been learning about bullying over the, or really over the last several years. But uh, some schools, it's not happening because the zero tolerance policy. But then, unfortunately, that's not the case in all situations. So if it is worse, I think it's worse because of information is quickly available. I think it's worse because bullies are raising bullies. I think some people feel entitled. And then I think some people in authority are just turning a blind eye Mm-hmm. you know, to the whole situation and not giving it the kind of weight that, that it should have. Right. Yeah. Tyler? Uh, well, I think another big issue with the authority figures in, the, in these scenarios, and I can speak from a, a teacher's point of view, is that we don't have a lot of power. You know, the way that we deal with kids and discipline kids has changed a lot over the years. And... You so much can't even raise your voice, right. you know, to get a student's attention without it being turned into my teacher was bullying me. Mm-hmm. And students have cell phones and devices to record and 
things like that. So teachers are sometimes afraid to get involved because they don't want to, you know, hurt themselves. Not that that's a good reason. No, I, yeah. I agree with but, you. I mean, I agree with you. And it, but the, the tension is that, you know, society, I will say society, has kind of taken discipline away from parents, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if there was such a thing as CPS when I was growing up, I could have called them and been delivered from my home at any point because, I mean, my you know, my dad was a strict disciplinarian. But that's kind of been removed. But then, you know, the, the, the only other option is then educators. Yeah. But now we've taken that away from them. And, and so... And even, that, even the police. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes back to my one element of entitlement. Yeah. You know, that, that I, we're kind of weaving that into the fabric of young people uh, to think that, you know, I, I can pretty much do what I want to do and nobody's going nobody's gonna to do anything yeah. about it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think a key to that whole discipline thing is that we've moved away from the mentality that it takes a village, you know, to raise a child, yeah. to show them what is right and what is wrong. It's the parents, or it, it, this is how the way that I've seen it in my experience, you know, the parents' decision solely, they, you know, you're not going to tell my child what to do and stuff. Exactly, and yeah. Make that decision for me on how to parent. It's up to me and me alone rather than a community effort. You know what I mean? Which wouldn't be so yeah. bad if, 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 if all of us parents could you know, adopt a, you know, a standard way of, of discipline. Right. I don't know if yeah. you can. And, and, and the people who listen to this podcast, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that this table was represented in three, three generations. Oh, yeah. You know, Allison is, is the youngest generation. Tyler could be my son in that generation. And I'm the old man here. <laughs> so I think you have three different perspectives, but I do, I do believe that, uh, you know, it, it comes back to some respect, some some accountability, and some consequences. And and I think all you know in all three of those areas, we we could probably probably get a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. So something that has been uh, you know heavy on social media lately, uh, just everywhere, is cancel culture. So. First of all, tell me what you think cancel culture is. It's bullying. Yeah. It's absolutely bullying. It's just a new way of doing it, right? Uh, it's a way to intimidate or to threaten uh, a livelihood or a way of living based on something that, that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, in my day, cancel culture wasn't called cancel culture. It was called don't watch, don't watch them if you don't like them. Don't buy it if you don't like it. And those issues would take care of themselves. But now it's not that way anymore. Today, so much has changed in the last 25 to 30 years as as I have grown. I mean, and and Allison's probably getting ready to go 0 for 4 right here. She's already 0 for (laughs) 3. All in the Family. All in the Family was a show when I was growing up. Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker, an obvious racist and bigot. They didn't hide it. (laughs) They did not hide it. But they talked about it, yeah. right? Can you imagine All in the Family being on oh, TV today? It wouldn't. It would not be because the, of the cancel culture. But yet, that would they would have canceled a show that really addressed the the issue, addressed the problem. Yeah. And so I think I think cancel culture has affected our world because we have 
other people that are determining what we get to hear or see or yeah. buy or whatever the case might be because right, right. they determine we, we need to cancel this because you know, cancel this person, which I, I'm, I'm probably went too deep <laughs> on this, but, um, I, and I don't know if you knew this, but that term came from a film in the nineties. Wesley Snipe was playing a, 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 a crime boss and he ends up getting rid of his girlfriend. And the way he does it is he says to her, you're canceled, all right? Then Lil Wayne picked it up uh, in 2010. I know yeah. you're surprised. I know Lil Wayne, aren't you? <laughs> Lil Wayne. Um, he picked it up in 2010 and had that line in a, a, a rap, a song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in, I think, 2014, I wrote it down somewhere, 2014, uh, there was an episode of Love and Hip Hop New York on MTV, I'm sorry, VHS1, where... One cast member, Cisco Rosado, tells his love interest, Diamond Strawberry, during a fight <laughs> that you're canceled. He says that. He goes, you're canceled. Diamond Strawberry. Oh, boy. Oh, I got to change my name. <laughs> uh, Terry T-Berry. I don't know. Something. So, you know, the, the whole phrase came from, you know, movies that were probably can't be played today. I, yeah. I was watching a movie... Um, Saturday night. I'm going to tell you what movie it was. But it was a movie that was filmed in the 90s. And the context of the 90s is a lot different than the context of today. Yeah. But they had to put a disclaimer on the front of the movie. You know, uh, this movie was recorded at a time, yeah, you yeah, know, I've when things that. are different. And, and some things that are said or reflected here might be offensive to some people. They've done that with, um, I don't know if you guys are Disney Plusers. Mm -hmm. um, there's some documentaries about Walt Disney and how... Disneyland came to be, and the Imagineers and all that. And there's a disclaimer before every one that this, you know, this may be a reflect a, a different culture at a, at a different time or something like that. So you're seeing that even yeah. on, you yeah. know, Disney programs. Yeah. Yeah, and and so you know, I just think I think that it's it can be it's affected our world by taking our freedom to choose. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not saying I'm not even saying that anything that they've done is is necessarily wrong or bad although you know i can think of some people that have been canceled uh, that that probably shouldn't have been yeah you know and and again back in my day you wanted to get it canceled quit watching it quit buying it quit you know whatever and 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 the market if i could say it that way the market kind of took care of itself but now we got people that's just taken into their own hands and uh and they cancel or, or call for that uh, yeah. in, in people's lives and careers yeah. yeah. Well, the most that I've seen cancel culture is on TikTok. And just, you know, people will say something or make one mistake and you think you know the whole story. And so automatically they're canceled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can, you have permission to harass that person and comment on all their videos. You need to release an apology, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't deserve to be here. Uh, don't follow this person because of that. And that's based on someone's opinion, yeah. mm -hmm. right? It's based on what a, a, a person or a group of people might think. And, uh, you know, again, I just, I'm not sure that, that anybody owns the right to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and in the in the world that we live in today, rather than people sit down and do what we're doing, just have a conversation. We, we can't do that. 
because, Allison, if you don't agree with me 100%, then you're wrong mm -hmm. and you need to be canceled. And I'm the one that gets to determine that. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, that really steps all over, obviously, freedom of speech and, and, and the idea of, you know, that I can have my ideas and you can have your ideas and they might be different, but we can still be friends. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, waving the Tri-State Worship Center flag for just a minute. We, we've been doing a thing on Wednesday nights called The Conversation. And the conversation has been pretty much uh, about the, the social and, and racial unrest in our country. And I have on the platform with me Larry and Stacey Madcalf, who are an uh, African-American couple. I have uh, Josh and Brittany Wilkerson, which are a mixed couple. Josh is black and Brittany's white. And then me and Vicki. And, and we're just having a conversation. But I can promise you, if we went around that group to talk about political ideas there'd be a lot of disagreement on that platform mm -hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're entitled to their opinion. I'm entitled to mine, Right. but you're not allowed to say that out loud. If you say something out loud, that's different than what somebody thinks it should be. You, you're canceled. Right. And I don't think that, you know, just from my experiences, people who agree fully on everything, having a conversation about stuff like that, it doesn't benefit anybody to talk with someone you agree completely on. Right. It just affirms your opinion. Right. You're not growing at all or uh, understanding things from another perspective. You're just affirming. Right. So healthy disagreement is good. But um, anyways, so why is cancel culture toxic in your opinion? Well, I, you know, I think that, that we probably have talked about why it's toxic. Um, you know, within the past five years, the rise of that culture, that cancel culture, and the idea of canceling someone because they have a polarizing idea or a polarizing thought or something that's different than what I think it should be or what you think it should be, I think it removes from the table their part of the conversation to have that conversation that, you know, who's to say that some of what they are doing or what they said, and, and you can include into this the Me Too movement, right? Right, right, right. Um, You know, we, we saw the effect that that can have on that really is a cancel culture if, if you want to, you know, just be uh, down to the basics about it. Right, but it right. becomes, I think it becomes toxic because we, we are excluding people from a conversation. And, I, and when I say conversation, I'm not talking about necessarily like what we're doing, but just, you know, societal conversation right. uh, that, that maybe it's something we need to learn from, good or bad, we, we need to learn from it, right? Well, yeah, and I, I, I look at it like this, too, because there, there are people who advocate and say that um, the riots and things that were going on at a certain time were uh, an example of freedom of expression mm -hmm. and speech, but it was also destructive. Mm -hmm. How is that? better than having a conversation right and and so no, i agree 100 percent. why why are we dismissed and i think that's why we see th some things happen in that respect is because they were dismissed from the conversation so they chose another outlet right to yeah. to be heard yeah so uh circling back to bullying <laughs> um, do you think that christians have a responsibility to speak out when they see bullying or even experience it? Well, I mean, obviously, bullying in the pure sense of the word as far as trying to intimidate or coerce or even hurt those who seem to be vulnerable, obviously that's sin. 
That's a sin, plain and simple. I mean, WWJD. Yeah. I mean, what would Jesus do? It's a sin. So it is, does the does the church or the Christian have a responsibility? Absolutely. I, I think uh, to speak out against bullying, to reveal and, and expose bullying when it's happening, um, the church over the history of the church is not exempt from this bullying thing. It's happened in churches. I apologize on this podcast for how much it has happened in churches. Oh yeah. You know, not just in the congregation, but even in leadership. And, and, and I mean, there's, there's ways that bullying happens. That's so, um, covert, <laughs> so under the radar that, that it's really hard to determine. But, you know, I, I do think we have to speak out and, the simple fact is First John 2, 9, whoever says that he is in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. I mean, how else can you interpret that other than, you know, you should you should treat everybody the same. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. You can't say you uh, love God and hate your brother. Right. I mean, all those scriptures, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Jesus speaking, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, yeah, I think we definitely have a responsibility to speak out and to say something uh, against bullying. And, and when we don't, I think silence is just a stamp of approval, yeah. you know, if we don't say something. So, yeah, I think we have to say something about it right. and to help our children. I, I have a grandson that's 11 years old. Um, I'm going to call his name out. His daddy may not want me to, but his <laughs> name's Jonas. And Jonas is my buddy. I mean... He and I have been together since he was six weeks old, you know, and he's grown to be a big man. He's 11 <laughs> years old, but he's about six foot tall and weighs 200 pounds. Yeah. He's a big man, but he has got just the softest heart. He is just a teddy bear. And, you know, there's concerns in the family that, you know, he's, he's going to now enter into middle school. And, and I know from my own experience you know, a lot of times bullies don't always just go after what looks like the most vulnerable. They yeah. want to go after the big guy. Right, yeah. to because, make them feel bigger. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so there's some concern there. And, and I think as a church, we need to help those children mm -hmm. that are that are victims of, not just the ones that are doing the bullying. The ones that are doing the bullying, listen, it's a sin. You need to repent. You need to quit doing it. Yeah. But those of you that are victims of that, we, you know, parents, the church, we have a responsibility to to help you navigate that as well. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think that we have been lax on that. And maybe because, you know, I grew up in a different era. I have these, these blinders on. When I got hit in the nose by a baseball when I was 11 years old, it broke my nose. My dad looked at me and said, get up and keep playing. Yeah. And so I did, you know. And I just think that, that rub some dirt on it. Yeah. It, well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> keep keep the blood from going everywhere. But and I think that it's a different time now, yeah. and and these are issues that need to be addressed. But I think too often we we don't we we just ignore them, mm -hmm. and uh, that's not that all that's doing is putting a stamp of approval on it, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, this is. I have another question off off script. No, you can't do that, I'm Allison. throwing you a curveball. Oh, boy. So, oh, she, she did see that? I got hit in the nose baseball with a baseball, and then she makes a baseball <laughs> reference. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so in my experience, just being a teenager and uh, being around different people, 
uh, I have seen people whose sense of humor, and like you said, we were, you were talking about how people get offended over everything, but this is something that's really close to my heart, um, whose sense of humor revolves around making other people, people feel uncomfortable or offended or hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, using the excuse, well, you need to learn how to take a joke. So what is your spiel on that? Well, that's, that's really, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. And because, um, in, in some instances, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. You just need to take a joke. No, I'm no, the one you're that the says one. it. Oh, Okay. I'm confessing right yeah. here on the podcast. Yeah. I'll just tell you this quick story. There was a, 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 I was a choir director at a church before we planted Tri-State Worship Center, and there was an elderly lady in the choir. She always was kind of just slow about everything, about getting there, about getting a robe on, about knowing. And, and when we would rehearse, I'd say, okay, turn to page 68, letter B. That's where we're starting. One night she stopped me. She's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear where you said we're starting. And I said something to her, you know, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but something in the framework of, you know, come on, Sue, that wasn't her real name. So mm-hmm. come on, Sue, you, you heard me. Let's, you know, and I just kind of like made a little funny, mm-hmm. right? After practice, she said, I need to talk to you for a minute. I was like, okay. So we go down to my office and she said, you know how you said that to me in, in choir practice? I was like, yeah. She goes, that's how my husband talks to me. It makes me feel really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, obviously, right. I think I know we've used this word a lot on here, but it's intention. Yeah, I think you know your intent obviously was not to hurt her feelings. No, not at all, Matt. I mean, you could have hit me with a wet rag right then, and, right. and yeah. I just. But but how how do I? Mm-hmm. I mean, the intent of my heart was not. I would. That's anybody that knows me. That's just not who I am. Right. I don't say anything to try to hurt someone's feelings. But then she was hurt. So how do you, you know, how do you do that? How do well, you? There's been times where you come <laughs> limping up the stairs in the sound booth, and I kind of give you a little. Yeah. You Thanks know. a lot, Tyler. I've, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been crying but over I, that. <laughs> but I know you, and I know that you know me in right. my heart, yes. and know that yeah. I don't mean yeah. in a mean way or a bullying way. But I think there are those that will use that. Oh, come on, take a joke yeah. as a kind of a blanket to cover up their, right. yeah. the fact that they are bullying somebody. Yeah. So what, I mean, what do you say, Allison, to, like, just take the scenario that I'm talking, that I was just talking about. My intent was not to, mm-hmm. to be ugly, but she took it that way. And, and to her credit, she came to me. Right. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Um, just go to that person and say, listen, that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't make fun of that anymore. Right. And then just, if that person doesn't respect that, then obviously it's bullying, right. you know? Yeah. Like, but if your whole sense of um, humor revolves around making other people feel bad, I don't really think you're funny. Right. So. And that, yeah. Because that, that goes back to the old saying, if I can make you look bad, it makes me look better. Right. And I think when people adopt that as their personality, yeah. then they got a problem. Right. They have a big problem. I so. agree. Yeah. So it, it, that's, uh, I think we all could do a good gut check on that. Right. One. Right. So my next question is, um, should Christians expect to be bullied for their faith? Well, you know, I'd love to sit here and say, well, no, once you give your heart to Jesus, everything will be fine. 
but that's not the case. I mean, Christians, believers of all faiths, not just Christians, but since we are Christians, I mean, all, all people have been persecuted for what they believe for thousands of years. I mean, it, it, it's happening uh, now as, as it happened 5,000 years ago. And as a matter of fact, uh, John 15 and 20 said, Jesus is talking. He said, since they persecuted me, naturally they're going to persecute you. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that we, I don't want to say we should expect it, but you have to understand that light and darkness cannot coexist. And when your light as a Christian begins to expose the darkness of someone who doesn't believe, that's going to make them very uncomfortable. And unfortunately, most people's go-to then is a big pushback of some sort to persecute you for what you believe. And I think that's unfortunate because we live in a time when it's expected that if I don't agree with your worldview, then there's something wrong with me. That's that's the That seems to be... Um, the motto of today. If you don't agree with me, then I don't have the problem, you do. And so the the person who doesn't believe Christianity, that yeah, they're, they're probably going to push back and they're going to persecute, but I don't think we should respond as believers. I don't think we should respond in the same way. I've said this uh, from the pulpit a couple times. I have never, never led someone to Jesus in a prayer of confession, I have never led someone to Jesus by winning an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never had some argument back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then them go, you win, I'll get saved. <laughs> just, I've never had that happen. Unfortunately, it's a lot like politics. You know, when you enter in a conversation with somebody about politics, it can get really heated. Oh, and, yeah. But I think that's what has to separate a conversation about, you know, your religion from your uh, um, political stance is that you're representing the body of Christ and claiming to be a Christian, you should behave and respond and react how you feel, you know, a Christian would. And absolutely. And it's a, it's a very, I know it's a, I mean, you get, you can get made up, made fun of for a song you like, or a movie you like, or a movie you don't like. You've never seen Star Wars. You don't like Star. Don't say Wars. that to Alice. You know? She'll be over five. <laughs> she knows what Star I Wars know is. What Star Wars. But you know what I mean. So it's it's like a, so. Of course, you're somebody's gonna have something yeah. to say about you know your political stance. Of course, somebody's gonna have something to say about um, you know your religious views, mm-hmm. but. I think what separates that from those others is, you know, I think somebody in an instance like that, especially if it is a bully, they're, they're, what they're probably going to try to do is to get you to respond in a way that doesn't line up with your religious views. Yeah. It's like, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and also just keep in mind that, you know, a believer is going to remind a person that may not be a believer, that there is a moral plumb line, that there is a standard of truth, you know, that we try to, that we try to adhere to. And someone who doesn't have that, that particular belief, or they don't see it that way, then that's going to, that's not going to make them feel like the best person in the world. Yeah. So you can, I think because of that, in some cases, not always, obviously, but in some cases you can expect 
they're gonna they're gonna blow back. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna come back on you, and and that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's not like you're not. They're not shutting you down necessarily. You at least you know got your your point out there, whatever the case might be. Um, but yeah, it's going to come, and and I've gotten it. You know, in in forty years of being a, a, a born again believer, I've I've gotten that from people. Well, and even even within the the umbrella of Christianity and the different denominations, and that's why I love the way that that you say, um, you know, especially with like gifts of the spirit or, mm-hmm. or you know receiving the Holy Spirit. Does that make you? better than so-and-so no it doesn't but it makes me better than i would be without it right and it's it's not a it's not a competition it's not anything like that it's just about trying to be the best person you can be for christ yeah. mm-hmm. well even even trying to have the inter-religious conversation between different denominations or, or different you know uh, and i wish we could get a hold of this in, in a way that could really affect change and that is every evangelical uh, Protestant church believes the same basic tenets of faith. That is, God created the world. Adam and Eve fell from grace. Jesus came to die on the cross. He died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to the Father. He's coming back again someday. And he left us this thing called the Bible as an instruction booklet until he gets back. We all believe that. Yeah. I don't care if you're Nazarene, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. We all believe that. But for some reason, even in interreligious conversation or interdenominational conversations, we don't ever want to talk about what we have in common. Right. We always want to talk about what we have differences. as differences. And it's those differences that cause the tension, and it's the tension then that leads to someone saying you know, something in a bullying kind of way or an awkward way or a persecuting kind of way that you know you just have to be ready for that and it's going to happen but you know since they persecuted Jesus they're going to persecute us and we should we should really expect it right so would you go as far to say that if we don't experience that then we're doing something wrong well <laughs> i don't want to bully you this, <laughs> but yeah i mean I've said this from the pulpit, and and if a person, if someone cannot see a difference in you, since you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you might need to revisit that altar of salvation because there's going to be a change. There's going to be something different. And so yeah, I mean, I think I had a best friend in uh, growing up from the time I was, I can remember, three, four years old. He was my next door neighbor. His name was Keith. I won't tell you his last name. Uh, but we did, I mean, we hung together constantly. Uh, and then as we got into our teenage years, we did a lot of bad stuff together, awful stuff together. Um, that's the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> the awful stuff of Terry All the White. bad things I've done. Uh, the, the day after I had gone to church and recommitted my life to the Lord, uh, Keith came over with some, uh, illegal material, uh, <laughs> Drugs, and I told I told Keith I was like, listen, I I recommitted my life to the Lord last night, and I'm just not going to do that stuff anymore. And this guy that I've known since I can remember being alive, at and I was 17 at the time, looked at me, called me a really bad name, walked away, and I never heard from him again. <laughs> wow! Right? So I mean, maybe your maybe your experience <laughs> won't be that drastic. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think people need to see. Everybody's like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody because I don't want to lose no more friends. Um, but yeah. you know, it, I think it has. I think it right. has to be well, seen. But that shows you who your friends are. Well, yeah. that's true that too. That guy obviously yeah. wasn't. He just yeah. wanted as me good to, of a friend yeah, as you thought. Yeah, because right. I was a good at doing the bad things that he was doing. You know, yeah. that he was doing. Right. Right. Well, I did too. <laughs> okay, I did too. But I, mean, I, I, I would say, I guess it's it's possible that that somebody is so good in their walk <laughs> and that people do notice a difference and they don't approach them because maybe, I mean, I don't know. I Like, I look at Allison, and I, I couldn't imagine anybody bullying Allison. <laughs> She's just so, you know what I mean? Right, She's yeah. just so sweet and yeah. nice and proper, and maybe it has happened, maybe it hasn't. We don't have to discuss mm-hmm. it. But, but I'm just saying, you know, I guess it's possible that somebody – could just have it right, you know, right. and and not really experience that. I mean, I'm, maybe they could recall a time in their life where you could maybe call something, you know, that resembles bullying, bullying. But but I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's possible that somebody that somebody could really just have have that light radiating from them? I, I think so it, brightly that. that <laughs> but I I think that if that light is radiating from them so brightly, someone's which, gonna wanna tear it down right someone's going to try to put that light out yeah someone's going to do something say something um and and i agree with you i mean allison go to allison.com my goodness Uh, you know she's a she's a sweetheart right you could ever but because of that because of the goodness i mean even to the even something as menial as um I, I, you see somebody who's just always smiling, always up, yeah. and you think, what's wrong with them? Well, what are you, you so know, happy about? Who, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you may not ever say anything to them, but is that not some form of either persecution and or bullying? That's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, when, when that happens. So, yeah, I think if we're, if we're, if we're shining the light like we should, we're going to attract some bugs. Right. Uh, the gospel's offensive. It, it is. It's, it it really is. is. It like it, if you're preaching it, you're gonna that. I think that if you are not receiving backlash for, uh, you know, witnessing to your friends, then, you know, it's just you're telling people they're sinners. Yeah. You're 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 <laughs> living good, in sin. Yes, it's gonna be offensive. It's going to be offensive, yeah, yeah. but it's necessary. But I, I do think. I do think that there are times like uh, Ray Comfort, mm-hmm. uh, Way of the Master. I mean, yeah. the way he does it's kind of cool, right? Right, right. You know, do you believe in God? Uh, no, he said. Well, you know, have you ever lied? And have you? He goes through that, and it and it it can be offensive, but the way he does it, it Is, you almost feel like okay, yeah, you offended me, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think as long as it depends on us, we are to live peaceably with mm-hmm. all people. I think the Bible tells us that our conversation should be uh, gentle. Mm-hmm. Right and 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 attractive, yeah. but yet there you know there are times when you say to someone, "Hey, you know, if you don't change your ways and Jesus comes back or you leave this world, there's going to be hell to pay." Yeah. Right. And when you say that, yeah, that's that's going to be offensive, and and somebody's going to push back. Someone's going to begin to persecute you over it. But I do think there's ways to have the conversation that uh, that more times than not doesn't go yeah. that way, right? The, I always try to. Imagine whether or not this person, when I'm talking to them, sees a, a finger wagging <laughs> in their yeah. face. Because I'd never want to come off like right. that. Because yeah. I don't like that. Right. If I've got somebody pointing fingers at me, yeah. but but ha- knowing 
you know, the ways to have that conversation. And you know your audience. You know, yeah. you know right. what, you know what you can and can't say to, you know, or uh, how you word it differently yeah. could be more approachable, I guess. Right. Well, you guys know me. I got all kinds of stories. <laughs> but I was on my way to church one time. This was way back when, uh, um, when, when I was in Indianapolis. I, I, I wore a suit to church. I don't wear suits anymore except for the weddings and funerals. But I stopped to get some gas, and uh, it was a Sunday morning on the way to church. And this guy, at, at the cashier, he's like, so you on, on your way to church? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a follower of, of Jesus, try to do my best. And we just entered into a conversation, just casual conversation. And I, and I say to him, what about you? You know, what do you think is going to happen after, after you leave this world? And he goes, well, you know, I just, I just think we just come back as part of nature, you know, and, and there's not really a heaven and hell. And, and I, you know, I didn't like, listen, you big dummy. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. Wake right? up. Yeah. Yeah. Silly guy. I didn't say, here, touch this fire. Get, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, uh, but I did say to him, because even in a two-minute conversation, I felt like I knew my audience well enough the yeah. way the conversation was going. I just said, listen, if you're right, I don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a lawnmower coming every <laughs> every other week to cut me down <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But uh, I said, but if I'm right, you got a real problem. Right. And, and you should probably think about that. And I left. I didn't stay and like... You know, get down on your knees there behind. So what the are camera. you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you just make plant. the choice. <laughs> you plant the seed, and and even the Bible says someone plants, someone waters, yeah. but God adds the increase. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't always have to turn into this this big arm wrestling match. Oh, definitely. I just think that sometimes we we the word of God will offend people, but I think if we discern mm-hmm. how God wants us to to move forward in the conversation. It doesn't have to get to the point where it's, you know, right. uh, a back and forth arguing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I also think that sometimes that's a good way. Well, just like with, with your friend there, that's it's a good way to kind of weed those people out that are, are just going to pull you down in a sense. I've got a story too. <gasps> Ooh. Um, dun, dun, dun. Switching things up. <laughs> it, was, it was July <laughs> 2013. <laughs> And um, I had just rededicated my life, and um, I had a group of friends that we would always go bowling on Wednesday nights at uh, Blue Ribbon Lane in Ashland. And uh, it was like $2 a game. You pay 2 bucks for your shoes, you pay $2 a game. So we'd always go and bowl several games. And um, before this, I would partake in some alcoholic beverages. <laughs> Uh, and, this ends our broadcast for today. Hey, wait a minute. What? Oh, I'm sorry. And, and so I may, maybe even the next week um, after I rededicated my life, we, we met up at this bowling alley. And so a particular friend of mine comes over with a pitcher of said drink <laughs> and, he, and some cups. And so he pours one and he sets it down in front of me. And I just kind of look up at him and he said, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I was like, it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to drink it, but, you know, thanks yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that shows you who, who your true friends are, if they're, if they're going to stick by you. And, and maybe that's not to say that the, he, you know, I don't, I don't believe. Um, we don't stay in that much communication anymore, but I don't believe that that's something that pushed him away from me. Right. I think it, it, it kind of separated me a little bit. Um, but it didn't hurt that friendship. If I see him 
still speak to him, maybe make a comment on his social media, something like that. But I do think that that's it's a good way to kind of yeah. weed through the so, bad ones. So Tyler has better friends than I had because my friend, yeah. he, he went away and never left. came back. <laughs> Tyler's friend's still he there. He just I'm, dropped you. <laughs> Tyler just bullied me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some friends that went away. But, uh, but you're right. I, I mean, I think we can, we can present our... Christ-likeness in ways that doesn't have to run people off. Matter of fact, we want to attract people, mm-hmm. right? We want to attract people yeah. so that we can share. Um, but I, I think persecution is going to happen. I think sometimes the bullying thing will happen, but we have to handle it as Jesus would. I mean, even when he went to the cross, right? He's arrested, uh, beaten, mm-hmm. goes to the cross. The Bible tells us he went silently right, as a lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, And I think sometimes... You know, sometimes uh, no response is a good response. Yeah. So basically you just answered the last question. I did? Yeah. So um, my last question was, what would the circumstances be to defend the faith or yourself or um, choose to stay silent like Jesus did? Yeah. Just, I, I, you know, I I think we live in a world where tolerance and coexistence and all those things are, are trying to silence us, Right. But I, I and I think silence is a good thing. But I do think there are times when it's time to 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 say something. But but a lot a lot of times it it's okay just to okay you get it off your chest and you yell at me or whatever you need to do and I say okay I'll see you later and move on. And again, I think it's the least used gift of the spirit that we have in the church, and that's called discernment. You just have to discern when that is. You, I don't think anybody can tell you, you know, in this situation be silent in this situation respond i think it's a uh, in the moment opportunity that you just have to discern am i going to respond or am i just going to be silent and let that just fester with that person right all right sounds good there you have it all right just saying just saying we don't didn't use it it enough that time either i said the very beginning whoops oh well I'm just saying. That's a good sign that we, you were involved in the conversation, though. You forgot. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, you're so you're kind. welcome. No problem. All right. See, well. who would, who would bully <laughs> Right. I mean, who That's would bully That's what I'm saying. Allison? Who would bully me? Just no. saying. Just saying. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, you can email your questions to twagner977 at gmail.com, and we will try and answer them. So we'll see you guys next week. See ya.